Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another special daylight episode of the Morning Skate, episode 294. It's your host, Brownie, no co-host, Ked, today. But I am joined by a Hockey East All-Academic, a Hockey East All-Star, led the team in block shots, set new careers and high, set new career highs and goals, assists, and points, named the alternate captain heading into her senior season, and literally eats pucks like Miss Pac-Man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome Abby Marone to the podcast. Abby, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for doing this. It's great. I, uh, I big fan of your game. I always, always love the players that do the unsung stuff that don't get the credit. You know, you take the def- you take the driving winger into the corner. You eat the shots from the point. Give the outlet pass and get off. Don't get any credit, but those are the players that I like. So I was really psyched to have that you said you'd come on. Yeah, no, <laughs> blocking shots. It's definitely not everyone's favorite job, but I don't know. For some reason, I just love to eat pucks. <laughs> yeah, hey, as long as your legs can keep up with it and your feet, your probably toes probably look like mine, just mangled, but... <laughs> Most of the uh, hands. I think that's my issue. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump in. So you grew up St. Joseph, Michigan, right? Uh, how'd you get your start in hockey? Um, I'm like a first uh, generation hockey player in my family. Um, my uncle, not related by blood, played um, college hockey, played at Michigan um, under Red Berenson. Oh, nice. Um, but other than that, my dad got into it when I did. Um, and I think it was mostly I grew up in our small town. We only had an outdoor rink. So we'd go for open skates and then afterwards they'd have the youth teams playing and and I was like, oh, like I want to do that. So, um, yeah, basically just strapped on some skates, never really looked back. And both my parents, but my dad specifically, has been really um, instrumental in, in my development as a hockey player, just always making so many sacrifices, as I'm sure many hockey players will say about their parents. But, um, yeah. I, I, I like that description, first-generation hockey player. That's that's, <laughs> a, that's a nice way to say it. And your dad, I haven't, I haven't interacted with your mom yet, but your dad is – super supportive of like everything even we do about the Huskies. He's always like liking stuff and retweeting stuff. Yeah. Like I said to you before we started recording, me and your dad are online, online buds. Um, so your biggest influence kids in the neighborhood, any, or your uncle, like you said. Yeah, honestly, nothing like, I guess I didn't really have a, a huge, um, like somebody my age that was an influence for me. My uncle was definitely someone that, I looked up to in that regard. He was a player back in the nineties when, you know, would there we were know, would we know him? <laughs> Ted Kramer. I don't think so. He was drafted to LA, but he was a, oh, cool. he was kind of more like a, a grinder, but like very skilled as well. But my dad said his first memory of watching him play hockey was puck goes to the other end. There's like a defenseman, like kind of coming up to play and he jumps off the boards, D line straight to the guy pucks, not even near and just drills him into the wall. <laughs> So, but he's a great guy and, um, I look up to him in that and, uh, in, in his business, um, career as well. That's a great rank too. What's it? Uh, young, young arena, Yost. right? Yo, sorry, Yost. sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I was there twice, uh, not for a game. We just, me and my dad just kind of walked in and it was open. We were just wandering around. I was like, Oh, I can't believe no one's kicking us out, but yeah. It's yeah. So cool. Yeah. Very, very neat. Very neat environment there. Uh, were you a fan? Were you a hockey fan growing up or was your parents? Yeah, I mean, I'm from Michigan. I'm a Red Wings fan. Obviously, right. not doing too hot right now, but definitely on the up and up. They're on um, the come up for sure. Yeah, we got Stevie Y, 
There's yep. a plan. <laughs> the Iser plan. Yeah, we talk yeah. about it almost every week on the podcast. Stevie Eiserman's <laughs> name. Him and Brendan Shanahan, who is another Red Wing, yeah. their names come up almost every week that we talk about them. Yeah, no, it's exciting for sure. But um, I was able to go to Joe Lewis before they moved to their new um, yeah. digs, and that was a really cool experience. But, yeah, that's the team I kind of grew up following, and um, yeah, Lidstrom, um, all those guys, so. Did they take all those statues that were in the concourse? Did they take those to the new building? I'm sure they did. I don't know for sure. I remember, I mean, the new rink is like a museum. All of them are. But, um, yeah, it's. I'm sure they're up, definitely there. We had to go out there for a family thing. Um, I have family in Ann Arbor. We had to go out there for a family thing, and it worked out like the – if we flew in like a day early, we could see the Bruins play at the old Joe Lewis before they closed yeah. it down. And the Bruins got pumped. I mean, they lost like 8 nothing, But – Every it was just so cool to go to that old rink and see two original six teams, you know. And I walked around, I think, probably for like a half hour afterwards, just looking at all the statues. It was so cool. Yeah, it's it, there's so much history there, especially, you know. I'm sure that the score would be flipped nowadays on that uh, game, but um, uh, see if there's so much history back. there. Yeah. Are you are you a Lions fan too? I've never really been big into football. Okay. Um, Lions, um, Tigers. Uh, not really, no, but you know, hockey and that's kind of, you know, it's, it's fast paced. And I think yeah. basketball and football and baseball were kind of slow for me, but um, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know. I'm always curious people like from the, that are Detroit area, like what's your Thanksgiving? Like if you're a Lions fan, cause they play every Thanksgiving and I'm, it just got a torpedo, like just sitting around the house. You can't, you know what I mean? There's so many families that spend their whole day over at the, uh, at the game. I just have always curious about that. Yeah, no, I mean, we're on the opposite side of, of Michigan. Um, so we, we're not really, I don't know. My dad always watched football when I was growing up, but mm -hmm. I never really, never really got into it. We're just kind of hockey. We watch hockey. Yeah. <laughs> stick with it. Stick with it. Um, did you play any other sports growing up when you were a kid? Yeah, I've, heard, I I've been told I, by your teammates you're very outdoorsy was one of the <laughs> word that was used quite a bit. Yeah, no, I, I played about everything that was offered in, in our small town, um, which was trying to think soccer, uh, softball didn't last very long, golf, tennis, basketball, uh, sailing. There's nope. a bunch, but golf. No lacrosse. No lacrosse. I figured you'd be a lacrosse. lacrosse. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fast yeah, paced. Golf that's and I hockey were my last two, so that was very good. Very good. And then you went to Culver Academy, three-time letter winner. <clears throat> excuse me, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, 2020 Academic All State, three-time selection to the USA Hockey Development Camp. How did you end up getting over to Culver? How that journey progress? Yeah, I like I said, growing up in a small town, like my team was how to be boys hockey. Um, yep. When I was about to hit Phantom, um, when they would check, my dad was like, maybe we should look at girls hockey. And I was excited to, to play high school hockey back at home and um, have that chance. But I think for my development, um, that was something that was really important. And I hadn't really thought about hockey um, as something like that prior to that. I was just really having fun. Um, but yeah, once I was 14, uh, moved to Fox Motors um, in Grand Rapids, played there for two years, and then 
that program folded. So I was kind of looking elsewhere and billeting was really the only thing I could have done. So we were like, okay, let's, let's look at some boarding schools and Culver just made the most sense. It's about an hour and a half South of my home. And uh, it just made it really easy for my parents to come and see me, but also just a great, well-rounded educational, um, social, athletic experience. So I'm, I loved my time there. Big change going from a small town to Culver, I would imagine, in terms of the student body, the demands, the attendance of the games, all kinds of stuff. The competition. Yeah. I mean, Culver's in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, which is kind of fun. It's on Lake Maxicucky, which is... Um, probably one of the only lakes in Indiana, but um, yeah, it's, it's a great spot. And um, it was definitely cool to be able to have like more of a social life. I think having my yeah. friends, you know, going to classes, living with them in the dorms um, and then playing with them on the weekends, like just so much fun. Um, the USA development camp, your experience there, <clears throat> excuse me, at what point, through that progress, did you think you could play at the collegiate level? At what point did that click in your head? Um, I would say once I made the transition to girls hockey, it kind of came on my radar. Um, I started doing more camps where I remember um, a few people came to speak from the U.S. team. Um, I went to a camp where Kendall Coyne was um, a feature there and obviously her history at, at Northeastern as right. well. Um, and, and we're friends now. So I think um, Megan Bozak, some of those other players where they were talking about the recruiting process and it just kind of, I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was a possibility. Um, I didn't really have that in my mind. Um, so I would say that was probably about 14, 15. Um, so maybe, I think that's about the most time that most people realize, but yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, so Coach Carp, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, made 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 me promise to mention because your parents will probably hear this that you were the most polite recruit that he ever dealt with in his all his time and he wanted to, to make sure that i brought that up you were very uh yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am so good on your parents um so he told me he gave me the uh, like overview of your your i don't know the way you got to northeastern uh do you want to elaborate on that yeah, um, it was definitely not a straight path. And I think that's something that I heard before um, recruiting. Um, yeah, I guess I was originally committed to uh, another university to play. And I, you know, that was for me at that time, that was a great fit. And, um, but that's what I, you know, what I had had there. And really late in the process, Northeastern reached out and, um, once I came to Boston and saw everything, I was just, this is the place. Um, yeah. So I think that was the that was the spring of my junior year, which for people in my class, obviously recruiting roles have changed since then. Um, but that was like an extremely late commitment. I had people in my year who had committed when they were in eighth grade, ninth grade. So I think now it's a little bit better, in my opinion, for recruits, but even if you are like pretty late, I was talking with a player um, on the ice today and, you know, she isn't committed yet, but I was like, it, it's never too late. Um, right. Even though it may feel like it. I used to tell my players all the time, like, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, just... And I was in the middle of nowhere for so long. And yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Uh, 
So was, I'm assuming Boston was a big adjustment from Indiana. Did you know yes. anyone on the team from the USA development? Was there anyone else? Uh, like from once I got to Northeastern? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so actually um, Annie Fitzgerald, who was here freshman, sophomore year, she and I were basically rivals um, at Culver. She was at Gilmore. And so we played against each other, and they'd always line match us. So I knew her. But at that time, we didn't really ever have conversations. We were just right. like, we didn't like each other <laughs> on ice. So I was like, oh, how's this going to go? And it was awesome, though. She's she's good people. And, um, yeah. So other than that, um, I think – I mean, I'd heard of Katie, Katie yep. Noll, um, and obviously Alina and Chloe. Right. And once yeah, you are yeah. committed to a school, you kind of start to acquaint yourself. But um, – Tessa Ward, she graduated um, yep. last year. She's a Michigan native as well, so oh, okay. we kind of bonded over that. And she's she's awesome. So I used to love that, her no. play. I never got oh to talk gosh. to her. She was. I used to. I think in my write ups, I called her the little Wardo of hate. I think is what I called her, <laughs> something like that. Man, she was she was always yapping on the ice. I, I she, like the way she plays a lot. Yeah, I call her one man wrecking crew. Like she yeah. just she, but it was like efficient and it was smart. Oh, yeah. Like it wasn't everywhere it was, no. it was smart yeah yeah surgical i could say yeah yeah uh, your first goal against merrimack merrimack game-winning goal not a big deal nice there you know uh i did notice that when i was looking at your stats all your penalty minutes were and you don't have to comment on this i'll say this you don't get in any trouble but all your penalty minutes were against unh holy cross and providence Three teams that kind of deserve it, I would say. But, you know, based on the way they play, I, I appreciate that. I was like, oh, wait, there's something familiar with all three of these teams. So that was uh, that was pretty good. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, for, that was from last year. Um, and I got to go to a practice last year. And I, I say this to all the, all the players that come on. The enthusiasm that you guys show for like in drills when someone scores or, you know, like if you like if someone like breaks up a two on one, everybody's hooting and hollering. I just haven't seen that in a lot of teams. And I think that's a special uniqueness that you guys have. And uh, yeah, I didn't know if you felt it any differently than when you were at Culver or in other teams you had played. Yeah, I would say for sure. I think it's a testament to our culture, um, something that Coach Glint. Coach Carp, Coach Burn have all really laid the groundwork for, and especially the the seniors when I came in my freshman year, which was, you know, Aaron Frankel, Brooke Hobson, all those people. Um, yeah. That really set the tone. I think they were there when Northeastern wasn't good, and they rose to the top. And uh, I think we always just want to instill that hard work and team, like like we're here to support each other. And I think when you know someone makes a sweet goal or something like that you know we celebrate it like it's 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 a good feeling to have other teammates celebrate you um and so i just want to bring that same joy to everybody else too and i think the rest of the team does so i would say i i definitely that's something i, I think is unique um but yeah it just helps people want to continue to work hard for each other it's just the it's just the whole vibe of the team just cracks me up. Like even at games, like you guys, like Brazis is like looking at herself on the jumbotron and waving. And uh, Fontaine last year a couple times was dancing on the bench. I mean, we're in the middle of like a hockey East like nail biter. You know what I mean? And they're just yeah. cool. As, yeah, I just think it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any any uh, like Taze told me about how she like does her hands on the ice? Do you have any kind of those superstitions or any of the pregame stuff? 
Um, I would say I'm a very routine-oriented person. Um, you wouldn't really have trouble finding me at any given time um, in the pregame, uh, even on the ice. Um, it's pretty strict, but it's not like superstitious, I would say. It's just like routine. Um, if I don't do something, it's not going to... It's not going like to torpedo in your game. Right, right. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, for when people put on gear, like, I mean, I always put my left on before my right, like stuff like that. But it's yeah. it's nothing crazy. It's definitely making sure my body's prepared, my mind's prepared. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything specific. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's just mostly routine in there. Um I don't know if you were part of the juggling crew or anything like that. I am. Are you? Are the, you part the of the jugglers? With, with the helmet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, not the juggling crew. No, no. no. What's, wait, what were you talking? So <laughs> before we like basically skate around before everyone gets off the ice, um, there's four of us. Last year it was um, me, Molly Griffin, Tace Thompson, and Mia Brown. Um, before that, Mia was kind of the vet of that group. But we all kind of get near like the ref. Um, or maybe it's the, the other team's bench, which is before on our blue line and getting kind of like a circle um, and get on like a one knee. And then one person puts the puck on their stick and then they flip it up and oh, then we yeah. all put our heads yeah, in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to try to hit. Someone, yeah. I have seen you guys do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. It's, there's nothing to it, but it's just kind of gets not a nice thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any significance to the number 19? Is that a Stevie Y thing? A little bit, yeah, but my uncle is number 19. Oh, yeah? Oh, all right, nice. Yeah. So that's, great. that's kind of the, the origin of it, and um, it helps that Steve Eisenman is number yeah, 19 as hurt. well. So, yeah, hurt. You yeah. can let your uncle continue to believe that it's right. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to tell you who said what, but some of the stuff from your teammates, um, they talked about how good a person you are, and empathetic was one of the words that uh, was used to describe you quite a bit. Um, you, she, this one teammate said, you check in on every person every day on the squad and coach Carp, I can say it was him. He called you the team mom and he was very careful to emphasis team, not teen. And I was like, I got you, buddy. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's a role that you feel comfortable with the team mom kind of checking in on everybody, making sure everybody's doing all right. The vibes are good. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just, the team is, uh, my family, our family, and I think, you know, when one person's down, it's it's our job to bring them up and support them. Um, sometimes all you can do is just be there, but you know, everyone's going to have their days. I have my days, and, um, yeah, I just want all of us to feel like, like no one's on an island. We're all supporting each other, um, but, yeah, that's, that's something that everyone else makes it easy, though. Like, I we have such a great group of people, and um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be on this team. Uh, so I was, I was told to ask you about a, uh, a book, a notebook with her before and after games and ask, and I asked ahead of time if it was all right, uh, before I get yelled at by anybody, if you want to share what you, what the book's about, the notebook. Yeah. Um, basically I, my sophomore year, um, I, I spent some time uh, the second half of the year. I didn't play a whole lot. And um, 
it wasn't for lack of want. I think everyone kind of goes through their ups and downs, but I, it really was my mental game and my confidence in my play. Um, and this isn't really something I talk about too much, but I think it's important because um, there's a cliche that, you know, the mental game is like a huge part of every oh. sport, but you know, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on physical like training, which is important as well. You can't skate across the ice without having the, the conditioning for it. But um, so, yeah, between that, that last, um, this past summer, um, I really spent a lot of time with a, a mental skills coach on those things. And the notebook is just something for me that, you know, without going into detail on what's in it, just kind of um, helping me find my mental cues and the things I want to focus on and reflecting on what happened after so that you can kind of like move forward um, with that kind of increased information. Oh, that's um, awesome. When it's fresh yeah. in your head, you put it in and it grounds you and gets you to focus. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's definitely not, um, you know, I do it every day, but it's, mm. it's something that I think, has, has served something for me where my mental game, I can stay focused and, and visualization is a big part of that as well. Um, but yeah, I would recommend that to, to everyone in, no, in that's any awesome. sport. <laughs> so Absolutely. That's great. Uh, yeah. And then on a little bit of a lighter side, uh, I was, I was told to ask you about sauna time. <laughs> I know who asked you that one. <laughs> yeah. So Taze Thompson and I, so following, um, the frozen four, we like basically every day went into the sauna and just spent like 20, 30 minutes just chatting it up, um, which is kind of like a cool bonding time for us. Yeah. And um, Lily Ovitich joined us as well. Um, but yeah, we, we'd have sauna time. We'd call them sauna talks, yeah. sauna chats. <laughs> that could be and your podcast. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've, um, I'm a big fan of, um, Andrew Huberman, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a Stanford neuroscientist and ophthalmologist. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. And he's got a huge podcast where he goes over a lot of um, biohacks, if you will, or just small things. Um, and one of those is sauna and the impacts of sauna and just the decreased risk of you know heart disease and things like that. So that was a, a scientific incentive but also just to hang out with days no that's no that's great she and since the cat's out of the bag she also called you the most <laughs> humble hard-working genuine person and teammate that she has so that's pretty high praise from taste from the taser that is very high praise yeah. yeah i mean i would say the same thing for her she's just like a, a beam of light and um has the best smile and she's always working hard like i don't think i've ever seen her not work hard before so um yeah, regardless of what's going on, she comes to the rink the same every day. And that's something that's really cool as a leader. It's just consistency for the people around you. Um, but yeah, she's taser with a laser. <laughs> she's very stoked that you're one of the captains this year. I will say that. It was a great honor. Um, yeah. I was also told to ask you about uh, a day with your younger sister. <laughs> yeah. So my my younger sister is eight about to be nine so there's a 12 year age gap in between us and my older sister um is 23 i believe if i get that wrong she's gonna get on me um well she either was 23 or she will be 23 so you're covered well her birthday soon so. <laughs> um but yeah so she was um she's just been a, a huge 
again, light in my life. And mm-hmm. um, I don't get to spend as much time with her being out here in Boston for essentially the whole year. But when they come out here, it's, it's special. And um, she's got a, she's got a Northeastern Jersey and she tries to make yeah. the jumbotron every time. So oh, my, my daughter's seven. It's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing no, it's, the it's the best. And yeah, um, yeah I think, a day with her I, I was home recently and it's really just goofing around we had a little tea party um and just little things like that where i just want to spend as much time as i can with her because she's growing so quickly um yeah. i bet she's gonna be taller than me i'm a little <laughs> worried about it but i still have my mom beat so <laughs> it does she does she skate is she playing hockey or is she trying to emulate you at all she doesn't play hockey but i think her work ethic and and things like that she she's got you know the desire she recently uh said she might want to play college soccer and i'm in full support of that so i think i would love for her to play hockey she does skate and she's a great skater um but i want her to have fun and whatever yeah, she right. does so um i'm not gonna push it on her no 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 i was just curious i, I just yeah, always no. curious about the young the younger uh the younger siblings uh yeah so, like I said, Carp told he described you as the team mom. His other words for you were persistent and diligent, very much attention to detail. Uh, and he told me that you're a big fisherman in the off season. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. My dad's really more the big fisherman, but yeah. um, excuse me, when I can, um, I like to go out with him and even fly fish a bit. It's just very peaceful. <laughs> so, nice, very good, um, very good. But yeah. Well, if you are fishing. The uh, one of the things that's always good is there's a this underlayer system called heated core. Here comes the the live mm-hmm. ad read. So heated core is a is a base layer that heats up, holds heat for six hours. It's got a carbon fiber element. It'll charge your phone, and it's thin, lightweight, so you feel the heat almost I, immediately. It's heatedcore.com. Use promo code MORNINGSKATE15. That's MORNINGSKATE15 at heatedcore.com. And as Ked always says, heated core. Uh, I don't know why he says it like that, but he always does. Um, so you're doing the Pan Mass Challenge. And for those that don't understand, the Pan Mass Challenge is a bike ride to raise uh, raise charity money, which is one of the few charities that everything raised goes to the charity. One of the only ones on the on the uh, in the whole charity landscape that doesn't have administration fees and everything. Um, the website, you can see it on the scroll there. It's pmc.org. There's a big red donate button. Then you type in Abby's last name, M-A-R-O-H-N, and uh, give Abby all your money. Um, Have you done a ride this far? Or tell everybody how far the ride is. Yeah, so like you said, it's a -a bike-a-thon. There's a lot of different distances um, that you can choose just based on your experience. I am only able to do a one-day ride this time. It'll be a total of about 80 miles um, from the Bourne Bridge to the tip of the Cape. Um, And I'm actually riding with, I just finished an internship at a company called TA Associates. Um, They're a private equity firm um, in kind of the Back Bay area. And they've got a team together. They're they're a founding partner, unfortunately passed away from cancer um, a couple years back. And they do it in honor of him. So they've got a big team. Um, Yeah, so... My goal is to raise $6,000, um, which is a hefty, hefty lot. But, um, yeah, I've, I've previously, last summer, Gwen Phillips, um, our goalie, and I, we did a 150-mile ride 
um, that just so happened to be the same weekend so as the Pan Mass. I heard this story. Is this a true story? You guys had yeah. no idea it was the Pan Mass Challenge? We had Were no you guys idea. like, where are all these bikers going? Did you really? Pretty much. I mean, we like <laughs> knew about it. I, I knew about the race as like an existence, but, and I knew it was roughly around that time, but we had, we had no idea. And then we started seeing all the signage and because we were ahead of them um, on one day and we weren't even on their path a lot of other times. But then as we got closer, you know, we were like biking on this road and like this like huge line of bikers just speeds by us. It's like eight like really fit dudes just like cruising at like 25 miles an hour. And we're, we've got like our panniers, we're like camping stuff on the back of our bikes and um yeah, so we had no idea, but um, I think just seeing all of that and, yeah. you know, signs like, thanks for five more years with so-and-so, like, just things right, like that. Right. I was like, I want to do this next year. Um, I want to raise money. And, you know, I've had people in my life who have been, you know, fought cancer. Some have passed, some, have, some are survivors. And um, for everybody else who's been impacted, and that's really what I ride for. No, that's awesome. And and this also as a bonus for the coaching staff, this keeps Phillips off that electric bike. So that's always uh, that's always a good thing when they see her wheeling around on that. That's not they're not fans of that. Yeah, no, uh, I had my own at one point. Oh, did you um, have one too? <laughs> yeah, it was like a motorcycle basically. I mean it's like hers too, but yeah. um yeah, that thing I would almost get hit every time I was on it, so I sold that thing pretty quick. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like I said, pmc.org, hit the red donate button and, and type in Abby's last name, Marone, M-A-R-O-H-N. Uh, all right, so now this is what everybody comes here for. This is the lightning round. This is the hard-hitting journalistic questions. So this is the team stuff. Uh, on the game day fits, when you guys do your big walks, who's the biggest fashion play? Lily Brazis. Man, Brazis is like unanimous. Every uh, yeah, I can't wait to see who the freshman class is. I'm hoping there's someone that up I know. seats her. I'm personally hoping to up my game. I'm gonna have a little help. Um, oh, nice! But I'm personally hoping to up my game a little bit. Right. There you go. Um, keep, for those yeah. that for those that watch, keep an eye out for Abby. <laughs> uh, this is the Tessa Ward question. Who's the biggest on ice chirper on the team? Would you say? Ooh. I don't think we really have a lot of chirpers. Um, I definitely am not one. I think if I tried, it'd go horribly wrong. <laughs> and I say that because it has gone horribly wrong once before. Um, <laughs> but ooh, there, there's got to be someone, and I'm just not thinking of it. But Molly threw a good chirp out. Molly Griffin threw a good chirp out in the semifinal. Nice. I'm not going to say. No, that's but. fine. That's fine. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> Uh, is there someone that, like we talked about, uh, Jovatic dancing on the bench and stuff, is there someone that always has, like, the funny comment, keeps the team kind of loose? I feel like you guys don't get really that tight, you know, mm -hmm. before games. I know Flint, that's his kind of whole vibe anyways. Yeah, well, when you mentioned Lily's name, I would I would consider her the team chirper. She's got yeah. good chirps. All right. Um, but, yeah, she, she definitely always brings some good energy. You know, Kate Holmes um, yep. was amazing. Alexa Matsis, just an amazing energy on the bench for us. And always, Especially like, for like, her, who doesn't get – I mean, she gets very little ice time. And she has just the best attitude in the world. And, and, and supporting the team constantly. It's great. Yeah, she 
she's awesome. And I, one thing that I always think about um, is my freshman year for the the final game, um, the national championship. We all wear heart rate monitors when we play games, practice, lift, um, anything like that. And she just on the bench, she burnt a thousand calories cheering the team on. Oh yeah, <laughs> like she's into it. Like she's one of my favorite people. And, um, so yeah. So now I think what you're telling me is during the NHL playoffs, when I tell my wife I have to watch every game, I can tell her I'm exercising. <laughs> I think that's that's the takeaway for everyone at home from that. Yeah, well, you gotta be right opening there. the door too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, all right, all right. Well, getting up to go to the fridge, I guess that would be the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Um, who makes you better by going against them in drills at practice? Oh, everybody, um, and I think that's the beauty of this team and playing at this level. Um, I would say everybody, but is there someone you that know, you're always like, oh, she gets me every time? Is it? <laughs> um, I mean, Alina, you got to say like, yeah, I would she's say so. amazing to have in a practice. Um, she holds herself to such a high standard, and I think that that is um, really admirable. And she's always giving advice to like we have a two on one together, and she's like, oh, like do this or instead, and like. I, I trust her because she, oh, yeah. she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I would um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Murph and I always have a, like we're up for a one do one, you know, give each other a look. And um, we actually, this morning we were playing um, a couple mini games and we were paired up for a couple of them. And it's just, it's just cool to have such high, caliber players um, oh, yeah. always around. So that's, that's a really hard question to answer, but no, that's you know, fair. You never go wrong with those two. <laughs> Uh, in your opinion, who's got the best hands? <sighs> the silkiest of mitts. Peyton Anderson's got really good hands. Okay, yeah. Um, I can see that. Again, there's definitely people that I, I know have really good hands, and I just can't think of it. Um, Skylar Irving mm -hmm. um, has pretty good hands, and then... Yeah, no one's got like complete rust. Well, <laughs> I, I like it as for, as a defenseman. You're like, oh, I can take all of it's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Take, I get take the body. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the best dancer on the team? Billy Brazis is up there. She's got she does like stuff in her skates, which is pretty oh, impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, She's definitely, she's definitely up there. I'm trying to think around the locker room. She's usually got a dance battle going on with somebody else. So post game. No, that's great. That's great. Uh, one person on the team that you need, no matter the time, place, location, middle of the night, you're stuck over in Cambridge without any cab money or Uber. You lost your phone. Who are you going to call? Well, I guess if you lost your phone, you aren't calling anybody, but you know what I'm saying. This is going to be a list. Oh, yeah? I'm that's good. <laughs> that, that speaks to the team, though, right? I mean, honestly, any of them. Um, yeah. I think what comes to mind, anybody in my class, Molly Griffin and, and Lily Jovetich. Um And then Maureen Murphy, Gwen, uh, immediately come to mind. But I, I would say anyone, you know, Megan Carter, Katie Knoll, the people I've been around with a lot, definitely. No. Um, having lots of time. Yeah, any of them. 
No, that's great. That's that's probably the best answer. All right, this is yeah, always yeah. the hard-hitting question, this one. There's a loose puck in the corner. You and Coach Carp are going <laughs> in for the puck. Who's coming out with the puck? Oh, me. Yeah, perfect. 100%. No. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, I ask everybody like a, a variation of that question. When I asked Frankel, I was like, so Carp tells me that he can't shoot on you anymore because it takes away your confidence? Like, totally hidden. <laughs> and she was, <laughs> she was like, oh, did he say that? Did he? And he yeah. was like, uh-oh, I think I might have got him in trouble. <laughs> All right. So here's the lightning round. These are just for you. All right. Off top of your head, favorite cartoon character? Uh, goofy. Okay. Uh, you go laces and tongues, in or out? In. Uh, who would play you in a movie about your life? I haven't thought about this one. Well, that's the point. You're not supposed to. Well, it's not lightning then. Uh, no, lightning. If I don't like, know, yeah. if I don't know it. Oh, I um, fair, I guess. I think oh, Sandra Bullock's a funny actress. So. Sandra Bullock? All right. But we don't go. look alike, so. Does, yeah, but she's an actress, so she can play anybody. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite food and least favorite food? Favorite food. Sweet potatoes. Such a food. D1 athlete answer right there. <laughs> Good Lord. What's your, uh, what's your least favorite? Are you going to be like, oh, junk food now? <laughs> uh, okay, I don't really have a least favorite food. All I right. think my favorite food's really hard because I like most every food. Um, I like avocados, too. But <laughs> least favorite food, I think you'd, if, if, I, if I had it and I didn't like it, I would know then in that moment, but until then, I'm, I'm open to options. Right, let me let me ask you this question. I'm going to divert from the lightning round because this is something okay. that I have to do. So I lost a bet with my co-host on the Stanley Cup, and I've never had Taco Bell in my entire life. And I love Mexican food, but I, but that's not Mexican food. Have you ever had Taco Bell? And if so, what do you think? I think I have, um, and I think it didn't go well. No, and I'm not looking forward to it. My wife suggested I do it live on the podcast. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> besides Matthews, what's your favorite and least favorite rinks to play in? Least favorite is probably Merrimack. Um, just yeah, it because feels I claustrophobic, doesn't it? I think they crank the heat in the locker room. Oh, really? They might. Not Maybe not on purpose, but it feels like it. <laughs> I like um, to think it's on purpose if they do. That's yeah. that's funnier. But it also does it feel claustrophobic to you that the low. Yeah, group? their band's also like really good in terms of supporting them. Like our band is obviously the best, but yeah, um, yeah they're they do a good job um, making it loud in there. Um, but yeah, probably at least favorite. Um, favorite is tough. I think it around the league. I think UNH is cool. Oh, yeah. Um, they recently restructured the rink so that it's regulation size. Um, Finally. <laughs> but one thing I don't like is when they throw that fish out there. So we have yeah, to yeah. score first every time. <laughs> and for those that don't know, the Frozen Four, Women's Frozen Four, is at UNH this year. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Um, what's your go-to pizza topping? Has anyone said pineapple in this place? No. Uh, the best answer is... I think that's something with Carp and Eric, our co-manager. They have, like, some kind of beef with... Because Eric's Italian. 
So wait. So there's no pineapple on pizza for him. And Carp likes pineapple on pizza? I think so. Wow. I got I'm Ask looking at Carp in a whole time. new light now. I uh, I just <laughs> talked to him last night. Now I'm I'm not I have I'm questioning everything about our relationship. Uh oh. I'm gonna say no, it was funny. Katie, Katie came on here and just trashed Boston pizza, which I thought was hilarious. I thought that was pretty funny. And yeah, the I mean, pizza is very Detroit pizza is very different. Yeah, and then we got Chicago pizza. Like I'm right in between Detroit and Chicago, so deep dish. What what are your thoughts on deep dish? I like deep dish. I mean, I don't know if I could have it all the time. <laughs> You know, but I really like the Detroit pizza. Was it the sauce on top, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the square ones. I like those. That's, those are really good. Yeah, usually that's Chicago there. But yeah, no, I like I like sausage. Yeah. Pepperoni, okay. any of those. Again, I eat anything. <laughs> I'm not really picky over a veggie pizza. Uh do you go black tape or white? And do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Um, black tape on the toe, white on the handle, heel to toe. Okay. Uh, all right. (laughs) Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized ducks? No, no. I asked Carp these same questions. Well, this one we go back and forth, either a horse-sized duck and a hundred duck-sized horses, or this is the new one. We've been saying a hundred rat-sized tigers. Or one rat size tiger. Wait, a hundred tiger. I know what you mean. Yeah, either a bunch of small tigers or one tigers giant or rat. a tiger size rat. Definitely yeah. not the tiger size. Rat. Which is terrifying. So that's why we I kind of got away from it. I went back to the horse and ducks because it's not as not as terrifying. Yeah. Um, I think the duck would also be somewhat equally terrifying. I would say with the horses being small, you could just kind of kick them. Yeah, I think that's what Carp said. Something along those lines. <laughs> like just a ton of bunch of them. <laughs> All right. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you choose? If cost is out of it, you know, everything you wanted was there, your family, everything. I love Boston. Yeah. Um, in the U.S., probably Boston. Uh, but I also like, I go back and forth between being in like a, a big city and then wanting to just have like, be on the lake or something like that. Yeah. But um. I just love Boston. It's it's such a I don't know. It's it's everything is so convenient, but it's not huge like New York City. Um, right. And there's just kind of a, a weird family vibe to it um, with the sports teams and everything like that. Yeah. So um, if you're a Bostonian, wow. you're in the crew, and if you're not, everyone's mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a current NHL player that reminds you of the way you play? Um. <laughs> I think I would want to be like I'd want to be like a mixture of of a couple of players, but I can't think of I guess I don't really think about that. Um, I like Delene's style of play, Rasmus Delene. Yep. Um, Just the European skating. Um, I've been told my stride's pretty smooth. Um, I think you like, have a little more edge to your game than he does. Yeah, no, definitely. And not yeah. as much of the, the skill in the hands. But no, I, I didn't mean that. it that way. I'm just no, saying. No, but I, it's true. <laughs> it's not um, what I wasn't saying that. <laughs> yeah, I like, obviously, Cal McCarr is an elite defenseman. Yeah, Adam for Fox, sure. You know, yeah. you can list him off, but. Ked's going to be so happy, my co-host. He's a big Rangers guy. So he's going to be like, oh, she didn't mention McAvoy. He'll throw that in my face. You um, know, 
I do like McAvoy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think your game is probably closer to McAvoy's than Fox's because he's yeah. got a little bit of that snarl that you have a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So just a couple more. Your music festival. Any three bands, living or dead, who would you have? Um, Could be an individual artist too. It doesn't have to be a band. Okay. Noah Khan. He's a smaller but growing artist. Okay. Um, I recently went to Boston Calling, so some of these people that I went to see are on my mind. Like the Lumineers were there, and they were great. Um. Something tells me I have to see Taylor Swift in concert. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is hard. I don't. I don't know my music cue right off the bat. No, that's fine. You um, named three anyways. You can go with those three. You can use the Lumineers as your as your other true. one. You know. I'll go with that. Chloe had the I'm best going answer. To- she said two of them, and then she was like, "And me." I'd be there playing, and I was like, <laughs> "That might be that she most healthiest how to play the answer." I know it was great. Is a great I, I do dabble with the ukulele. Really? And um, not very. I mean, I, I'm all right. I just I play songs off of like a chord reader, so it's not really playing songs. No, that's how you. That's that's the first step, right? Yeah. Uh, that, well, this goes right into the next question. What is a skill you don't possess that you would love to have? You don't have to say ukulele. You can say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to speak another language. Um, oh yeah. I think it just provides like another perspective on life. Like sometimes languages don't have words or phrases that like mm-hmm. equate in the other language. So I think that'd be really interesting. Um, probably French um, would be my language of choice. If I could just osmosis a language, that would probably be like Chinese or Japanese, just because it seems so hard to learn. Have you <laughs> tried any of those apps, like the Duolingo or anything like that? For French, yeah. During COVID, I got really into French and um, listening to a lot of French music, and then I got busy again. And yeah, I lost no, I know, it, but I know. We had uh, a friend who would speak French to us growing up, so oh, we nice. Younger, so yeah. All right, last one. Most famous person in your phone? You don't have to call him, just or them, whoever it is. Nick Carpenter. <laughs> oh my God. Um, oh God, oh, that, I don't know. You gotta cut that part. He'll be oh you, can, my you, God. Can, you can cut that one. Actually, you definitely should cut that one out because then he's not gonna let me live it down. <laughs> um, probably, I don't know. I, Alina and Chloe yep. and Murph. Yeah, totally. so you got the whole 600 point line right there in your phone. That's, yeah, actually, that's I think big. I might have Kendall's number in here. Are you looking on your phone right now? I am. <laughs> I don't, I, I actually don't know that. So I'm actually really curious. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, hey, as long yeah. as it's not carp, anyone you say is, is fine. It's, it's better anyone than that. is a step up. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that's all I had. Do you have any questions for me? No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> so listen, uh, like I said, uh, PMC.org, the big red donate button. You can't miss it. Type in Abby's last name, M-A-R-O-H-N. Support her in a ride. I'm sure everyone's been affected by cancer that's listening to this. Uh, please, please give what you can. Support her. And then get down to Matthews. Like I say all the time, 
pound for pound, the best hockey value in the city of Boston. No, no denying it. So Abby, thank you so much for doing this, putting up with all these ridiculous questions at the end. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at Matthews. Thank you, Brody. All right, hold on. Let me, here's where I screw everything up. <laughs> and I wish.